news update. In baseball, John Mercy of MLB Network reports that the Astros are showing continued interest in Tigers left-hander Matthew Boyd. Apparently, the Astros are also heavily linked to right-hander Zach Wheeler. Wheeler is a free agent after the end of the season. Matt Boyd is under team control through 2022. Mark Feinstein of MLB.com reports that the Red Sox are unlikely suitors for Edwin Diaz, Shane Green, and Raciel Iglesias. Alex Spire of the Boston Globe and Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic are hearing the same. John Heyman of MLB Network reports that the Indians are, quote, increasingly unlikely to trade Trevor Bauer. This could be a sense of posturing by the Indians, but it does seem as though his trade value may be diminishing. And down at Chiefs camp, Tyreek Hill was seen being carted off the field. No word yet on what the injury is. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. BFF's Action Hour rolling along here on a Tuesday. Frank Stample, Greg Sussman, happy to have you aboard uh, on today's program. Frank, what's happening? Not much indeed. Hold it, Greg. Now what's going on here, Greggy? Happy to be here. Happy Tuesday. Slept the right last night. Didn't get enough sleep, obviously. Got home a little late. What is a, an average amount of sleep for you? What does it look like? Mm, probably seven-ish hours. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, seven to eight. Yeah, same to me. But last night, I only got like six. All so, right. eh, less than ideal, but it's all right. But it's probably worth it for Lugers. Yeah, definitely was. And uh, yeah, came back, to the, came back to the house, had a couple beers with these guys, watched some, watched some baseball, some late night Chris Paddock action. Uh, outside of that, happy to talk some, some football in the first hour. Frank, how did, our, uh, how did our best bets do last night? Oh, you did, you did very well. Ah. Uh, you, you gave us one best bet? I did. You went one and zero. I Right. I, I went 0-2. Uh, Frank, I, I think you're forgetting the part where I sat here and begged you. Yeah. Begged you. that We were missing something in the Dodgers game, and do not take the Dodgers. Please. Yeah, you live and learn, you know. I sat here and begged you. Like, Tell me why. Was that- John Gray goes out there and throws eight innings. It was a sucker bet, man. Yeah. And admittedly, I thought yours was a sucker bet. Came close. It came close. The total was nine and a half. It finished at nine. It was nine, yeah. yeah. So that was I, a close game. So I was watching that game at Anchor Bar. And the under seven and a half for the Marlins. That game was like eleven to six in, in like the third inning. What are we doing, Merrill Kelly? Man, just don't take anything to do with that guy. Yeah. So I was watching. Huge mistake. I was watching that Diamondbacks game, not Diamondbacks game, the Nationals game in Anchor Bar, and it was like two one for a while. I'm like this is going great. It's like the sixth inning. Boom! Anthony Rendon. It's a grand slam. Six two. I'm like, oh no. Against me in my home league, where I have like the most points against, second most points scored. Not in the playoffs right now. Anthony Rendon hits a grand slam against me. Eric Hosmer hits two home runs against me, Greg. I cannot catch a break. Tough Monday. What, who did I piss off? What did I do to anger the fantasy gods, Greg? 
I don't deserve this. I'm sorry, Frank. I'm a good person. Are you? Probably not. Sometimes. I don't know. I'm sorry. I've taken advantage of a lot of people in fantasy sports. You have. And now, <laughs> and now the It's fan- all coming back to bite me. It's all coming back to bite you uh, from behind. So last night, 1-0, one, one pick, 1-0, and, and I tried to tell I'm bouncing back tonight. Don't draft. Don't, don't take the Dodgers. It, it is a mistake. It is a grave, grave error. Julio Urias starting tonight for the Dodgers. Yeah, it'll be an opener situation, I'm sure. Yeah, an opener. Greg, do we have any trades going down in baseball right now? Uh, David Phelps was traded. David Phelps? Yes, former Yankee. Former Yankee, great. Yes, traded away to the Cubs. To the Cubs. Huh. From the Blue Jays, correct? That's correct, yes. Okay. So I, I think that they were trying to shop Ken Giles, but everything that I'm reading now is that uh, whatever's going on with his elbow is pretty serious, so I don't think they're going to be able to trade him. See, it seems that way, yes. So uh, if Ken Giles is not moved, now David Phelps is gone, then for those still playing fantasy baseball, Daniel Hudson? Probably the uh, the closer here for the Blue Jays? Potentially so, uh, potentially so, but he could get traded as well, so you don't want to make that pickup yet. True, true. Uh, Ken Giles this is the latest from Ken Rosenthal. Visited Dr. Keith Meister in Dallas. No structural damage in the elbow, but the pitcher received a quarter zone shot. He will not pitch again before tomorrow. Are you surprised that this trade deadline has been so slow-moving, Greg? Yeah. <laughs> no. I think we got a little spoiled last year because so much happened. We did. It was, just, it was a wild trade deadline funny last year. I was, just, I was just reading an article, and let me, I want to pull up the exact stat for you. Here we go. Last year, there were 19 major league trades between July 1st and July 28th. Among the players moved were Zach Britton, Cole Hamels, Brad Hand, Manny Machado, and Mike Moustakas. Those were significant deals. This year, between July 1st and July 28th, there have been eight trades. So 19 versus eight. The headliners for those eight trades, Marcus Stroman, Andrew Kashner, and Sergio Romo. Not a great group. So with being that there's just one trade deadline, I think everyone's literally waiting until the last possible moment. As Andrew Brandt likes to say a lot on Twitter, deadlines spur action. Mm-hmm. And there has been very little action during this action hour uh, for fantasy baseball, uh, for Major League Baseball. Now, tomorrow, our action hour, it's going to be live, man, because it's the last hour up until the deadline. So we're going to have yeah. you covered That's gonna uh, be awesome. moment to moment, which is going to be really, really awesome. Uh, we expect more trades to get done. Everyone's trying to really determine are you a buyer are you a seller you're trying to eke out as much value as possible the latest that we've read is that Matthew Boyd will not get traded you've heard Madison Bumgarner won't get traded but then the uh, the Astros desperately want him the latest on the Astros is that they are determined to come away with a pitcher whether it be Madison Bumgarner uh, Trevor um, Trevor Bauer or Zach Wheeler we'll see people th- certainly think that Wheeler to um, Wheeler to Houston makes all, all, all too much sense yep and I would I would agree with that same yeah. As a fantasy owner of Zach Wheeler? <laughs> please. Please. We're begging. I mean, that is someone that the Astros would get their hands on and just turn him into an absolute stud. Gold. It would be the best thing for Zach Wheeler as well because I think he would have a monster second half now and then probably get himself a pretty good contract in free agency. So if I'm Zach Wheeler, I would want to go to Houston as well. It remains to, see, to, to be seen what the Mets are asking for in return. But, Greg, you would have to imagine that if the Giants are willing to move Madison Bumgarner, or at least listen to the Astros. Kyle Tucker has to be one of the pieces that are that is going back to the San Francisco Giants. I would think in so. that trade. I would think in a bummy trade imagine. they would trade away Kyle Tucker. I, I very much agree. Um, I will say this from Joel Sherman: One executive described today as "quote moving day" as prices are changing on certain items. Mainly recognition that with no August trade, all deals for third catchers, for bench guys, for deep relief prospects have to be done as well in the next twenty four hours. 
you better not wait until tomorrow and try to do too much. You know, the Yankees, for instance, want to acquire um, international signing bonus money. You have to do that now. You can't do that next month. Yeah. Uh, you, all these guys always trade for these schmucky end-of-the-bench guys, these bullpen arms. You have to do that now. You know what they traded away for international money, right? Caleb Smith and Garrett Cooper. Yes, they did. Two players who were performing very well for the Miami Marlins. Now, you know, hindsight is twenty i I'm not going to sit here and slam Cashman because he makes a ton of very... Uh, shrewd moves and very smart moves, but that certainly was not one of them. The Yankees could really use Caleb Smith right now, too, just based on the way that their pitching staff has looked. Greg, when we come back, I kind of want to revisit the Manny Machado trade a year later because I was talking about this with some of the guys last night, and I want to bring it up to you because I think that the Baltimore Orioles got absolutely hosed in that deal. I understand it was a rental, but they should have got more than what they did for Manny Machado. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about anything else that's breaking with the MLB trade deadline. We'll get into some NFL stuff with Ezekiel Elliott continuing his holdout uh, all over the next hour. Uh, best bets coming as well. Stick around. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Who let the dogs out? We're back with you here on the BFFs. Great, quick trivia question. Yeah. It was one that was part of my trivia last week and I forgot. Sure. This just reminded me. Yeah. You named the artist of Who Let the Dogs Out. Baha Men. That's correct. Come on. I, even I knew that one. That was an easy one. It, it was. Are you any more trivia coming up for you? Nah. Uh, well, it might be one of the bar games. Coming up soon. It's not this week, but if we do play trivia, I'll let you know. What do you got on the schedule this week? This week, I have to look it up. I don't know off the top of my head. But we will have a bar game after dodgeball this week. Very cool, buddy. Very, very cool. All right, before we went the break, you, were, you wanted to go into Manny Machado and the trade the Dodgers made last year. Yeah, so the prospects that the Orioles received now at the time, it was Yusniel Diaz, Dean Kramer, Rylan Bannon, Zach Pop, and uh, not even going to try this this last name here. But Yusniel Diaz was the he was the main center, the centerpiece. Piece. He He's was the centerpiece of this trade, Greg. And there's still time for him to turn it around. But so far in the minors this season, between high A ball and double A, he's hitting 259 with 10 home runs and 52. RBIs with a 788 OPS. How did the Orioles mess this one up? I remember at the time... They they, they should have been able to get Alex Verdugo, no? I remember at the time, everyone thought it was kind of like a fair deal. You know? Like this guy, Kramer, who's a a starting pitcher, he's pitching well. He has like a 309 ERA in AA. Like, that's fine. He might turn out to be something. But if I'm trading Manny Machado away, and I realize he's a rental, but he's... You know, he also just earned a massive super contract in the offseason. He's one of the best hitters in the game today. I would have imagined he nets you back at least a centerpiece player who you feel stronger about. But isn't it possible that they chose Diaz over Verdugo? I feel like everything we heard last year was that Verdugo was like off limits in any type of trade like that. Obviously, Walker Buehler was off limits because he's pitching super well. 
I think Julio Urias was off limits as well. Like, those are the names. Look, if you want Manny Machado, you're coming to me. You want Manny Machado? I'm not giving him up unless I'm getting Verdugo or if I'm getting a Julio Urias or something like that. Right. And look, there's still time for Yusniel Diaz to turn this around, but everything that I've seen from his minor league profile, he has not wowed me in any sense. Like, in terms of his bat tool, his hit tool, uh, his power tool, there's nothing that's really over the top. It's just, I, I feel like, Maybe it's because the Yankees got Glaber Torres in return for Aroldis Chapman. That was a rental, and it was a closer compared to a position player, one of the best position players in the game. I just feel like the Orioles should have gotten a better centerpiece to that trade. Even a Gavin Lux, who look at what he's doing right now. You couldn't have predicted that at the time, sure, I get it. but of course. I don't know, I just feel like the Orioles are just, you know, they're doing Orioles things. I Even at the time, last year I said it, I thought, I don't know how the Orioles walked away from that trade not getting a better centerpiece than using the LDS. That's just me. The trade deadline itself is unpredictable, as do the prospects that you acquire. And the Mets, the more I have read, uh, everyone really likes to trade for the Mets with pieces that they gave away. No two top 100 prospects. And they look at what the Blue Jays acquire, and they're like, what? This, this is what you get for Marcus Stroman, who could be the best pitcher traded on the market? So, again, the Blue Jays, in uh, two years from now, could have the last lap, you know? So... It, it remains to be seen, ultimately, uh, how these trades wind up working out. Now, any other trade deadline news, Frank, before we move on? There's nothing concrete, just, you know, rumors swirling as well. Ken Rosenthal just had this two minutes ago. Pirates listening more actively on Felipe Vasquez. Sources tell The Athletic. De- deal still appears to be a long shot. Assessment from executive of one contender priced out of reach. I mean, that's what it should be, because Felipe Vasquez, the past two seasons, has been one of the... 10 best closers in baseball, sure. maybe one of the five best closers in baseball. Sure. And you'd have to imagine, you know, we've heard the Dodgers most closely linked to this one. Uh, if he were moved there, I would imagine he is not the closer anymore. So just something to consider for fantasy baseball. I don't, I don't even know who the next man up would be in the Pirates. It, like, it might be Kyle Crick or I believe it, Richard Rodriguez is someone who is on that team, someone that I've looked into. But uh, yeah, pay attention to the Pirates here. They're listening on Felipe Vasquez. We'll see if Felipe Vasquez ultimately moves. It's going to depend on what the Pirates get. Hey, if they get Gavin Lux in the deal, they'll do it. Probably won't, though. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't hurt to ask. Or even a Dustin May, right? Their sure. top pitching prospect. Sure. Got that big red hair, too. And you got to imagine this, the Pirates are a little gun-shy after the Chris Archer debacle last year. Oh, my goodness. Like, that guy, should be, that guy should be fired now. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's going to go down as one of the worst moves in a long, long time. I yeah. mean, trading away both their top hitting and pitching prospects. Well, at the time, you know, Tyler Glass now, we had he done was, this. He was still their top pitching prospect. We had done this for a few years, though. He was going back and forth between the bullpen and the rotation, and it seems like it wasn't working out. I think it was one of those change of scenery things where he ends up with Tampa Bay, and of course, Tampa Bay, much like Houston, you know, they trade for pitching or sign pitching, and they get the best out of that player. So Tyler Glass now, he's injured right now, but when he was healthy, Looked like a really, really good piece for the future when it comes to Tampa Bay. And obviously, Austin Meadows has slowed down, but for the most part, looks like he's going to be a really good player as well. Chris Archer, I believe, has the second highest ERA among qualified starting pitchers this year, Greg. That's not going to get it done. That is not going to get it done. No, it's obviously not. How has he fallen this far, Greg? Honestly, man. Well, he's not not a qualified starting pitcher because he doesn't have enough innings pitched. He's terrible, man. He's awful. Very bad. Among, among talk, starting talk, pitchers, talk about L's for us, man. Among starting pitchers with a with a 100 innings pitched or more, 
He has the second highest ERA behind Aaron Sanchez. He has a Chris Archer has a five point five eight ERA. He's three and eight. Strikeouts per nine are still there. Walks per nine are still very high. Man, I mean the fall from grace for Chris Archer. Awful. It seems like just yesterday. And it wasn't just yesterday because it was 2015 was the last time he had an ERA below four. But he, you know, he had three seasons in a, in a row of a 3.33 ERA of let or less. And now, from 2016 on, he's had four straight years of a 4.02 ERA or higher. Just a really, really big fall from grace when it comes to Chris Archer. Probably another guy who needs a change of scenery. He got that. Didn't work. He needs another one. <laughs> I feel like if he goes to Houston, like... Put that guy right. in Houston, right? Yeah. Send him back to Tampa. Maybe they'll figure him out. I feel like going to Houston would, would really fix things. I think for the longest time, he just he doesn't have a third pitch, right? He's just very predictable. He's fastball slider. Really good fastball, really good slider. I also feel like he has no idea where the ball's going. Yeah, that's probably true. He struggles with... Uh, you know, He doesn't have pinpoint command. He's not one of these guys where like he doesn't have any idea where it's going. But I think if a catcher puts his glove down and he's like, here, paint the outside corner with this fastball, more often than not, Chris Archer cannot do that. Speaking of the Pirates, Jameson Tyon's probably going to be out for the year. Probably. I mean, they're not really playing for anything at this point. So, that's unfortunate as well. Things are really going poorly for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah. I mean, some of it by their own doing. So, can't really blame anyone but themselves. Tyler Glasnow also got hurt. Yeah, he did. So. And he, you know, he re-injured himself. We might not see Tyler Glasnow again this year. But when he pitched, he was awesome. Quite well. He was one of the top what, 15 pitchers in baseball while he was healthy. He's pitching very well. Yeah, man. The Pirates, they're a mess. A lot, of these, a lot of these teams are messes in MLB. Ah, the latest from John Heyman just across the wire here. Uh, Atlanta and Oakland A's have joined the New York Yankees with interest in Tanner Roark. What? Yeah. What? Uh-huh. The Yankees are interested in Tanner Roark? Uh-huh. And who else? Oakland and who? Uh, Atlanta. Oh, my goodness. I wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy. Tanner Roark on the season. I don't like he's pitched well at times, but he's also been like blown up. He's very inconsistent. Pitching in Yankee Stadium, too. Oh, gosh. No, thank you. He has a 3.95 ERA, a 4.46 XFIP. Oh, my goodness. His underlying numbers, I mean, 8.5% swinging strike rate. Tanner Roark, I mean, the ground ball percentage has gone down over the past couple seasons. At least Tanner Roark, what you could have hang your, hung your hat on when he was like in his prime with the Nationals was that he would get a ton of ground balls. He doesn't even do that anymore. Nope. Ground ball rate is 36.5%. You put that in Yankee Stadium, what's going to happen there? 35% hard hit rate this year too? Gosh, no thank you. you know let, where, him, let him go to Oakland. You know our guy Mike Axisa was a different Reds pitcher on the Yankees. What's up? Uh, our guy Mike Axisa? From yeah. River Out Blues, he wants a different Reds pitcher on the Yankees. Oh, yeah. Sonny Gray, bring him back. Alex Wood! Oh, God. What are we doing here? Let's get Luis Castillo in pinstripes. That I can get behind. Ah, yeah, I can get behind that. Yeah. That that'll I work. can get that'll work. All right. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll hit on some, uh, some football news next. Ezekiel Elliott's holdout. It's gotten a little bitter. We'll talk about it next. From 
the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Season-long fantasy football drafts are in full swing, and the Roto Experts have you covered with their NFL 365 fantasy football package. It has the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts provide dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football that you play. Save 10% at RotoExperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. And that's 10% off with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 fantasy football package available right now at RotoExperts.com. All right, Frank, we talked about it a little bit in hour one, but Ezekiel Elliott and Jerry Jones kind of exchanging barbs here a little bit. Ezekiel Elliott did not board the plane in L.A. where the Cowboys host their training camp. Instead, he headed out to Cabo where he spent time during his suspension. Now, admittedly, if I was uh, didn't have to work during the summer, I might go to Cabo as well. I would love to be there. Sure. It'd be great. Sounds like fun. So why sit in, in Dallas, Texas, or, or sit in, in Ohio or anything like that where you could go to Cabo? Makes sense. Jerry Jones, obviously, is not enjoying the negotiation with Ezekiel Elliott's agent as he said, hey, you don't need to pay a running back top dollar anymore to win the Super Bowl. A leading rusher, well, it isn't necessary. And that comes after Ezekiel Elliott pointed out that Emmett Smith led the league in rushing, won the MVP when the Cowboys won the Super Bowl back in the early 90s. But credit to Jerry Jones, the game's changed. Frank, how do you think this ends, and when does it end? I'm, well, I'll tell you two different things. I'm hoping that it ends, you know, around that date, that August 6th date that we've heard so much about where Ezekiel Elliott needs to report by them for this season to count as an accrued season for him. And so I'm hoping it either happens around then or right on August 6th. Ultimately, I think that it will because unlike Melvin Gordon and, you know, like Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell was playing under the franchise tag, so that was a completely different situation. Melvin Gordon is entering a contract here. Ezekiel Elliott still has two years left on his contract. So ultimately, I think that he will show up, but this was kind of odd, in my opinion, for, for Jerry Jones to do, like... Even if the Cowboys and Zeke have had their differences, like he's had issues off the field, whatever it might be, he has been an awesome player for them when he's on the field. Again, two of the three years that he hasn't been suspended, he led the league in rushing. The year that he was suspended, he led the NFL in rushing yards per game, so he would have led the NFL in in rushing that season. And I think Jerry Jones is right about you don't need a leading rusher in today's NFL to win a Super Bowl because, I mean, we've seen Clearly. Know, teams like the Patriots yep. win year in and year out, and, you know, they have a multitude of running backs, but they also are, like, one of the most analytically driven organizations the Patriots are. They know how to get the most out of their players. They have some of the best coaches in the NFL. So it's you can't really compare. I, I think I agree with what Jerry Jones is saying, but not really in the context of where the Cowboys are. Like, I do think that they need Ezekiel Elliott in order to compete. I don't think that it's one of those situations where you can just plug in a combination of Alfred Morris and Tony Pollard and, you know, the Cowboys offense isn't going to miss a beat. I don't think that that's the case when it comes to Ezekiel Elliott. So I get what he's saying, but in the context of the Cowboys, 
I actually do think that they need Ezekiel Elliott if they want to compete for a Super Bowl. What do you think, Greg? Yeah, so the way that this Dallas team is built, they need Ezekiel Elliott very, very badly. Yeah. Um, we saw it during when he was suspended. We tried to say, hey, Alfred Morris could be the guy or some of the other guys who will work. And they weren't the same team. They weren't the same offense. This team is built to ride Ezekiel Elliott all the way to the end zone, all the way to the playoffs, and ultimately to the Super Bowl. When you lose someone of his caliber, well, that's going to change things in a, in a, bitter, a, a bitter NFC East. And I think that, yes, it's true. You don't need a star running back at all. But when your team is built around said star running back, you need him. I, I saw Jason McIntyre um, put this out there. And he said if Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott were both on the open market, and Dak's the quarterback, right? Who makes more money? Mm, probably Dak, just because I don't of the think position. So. I don't think so. I think it's Ezekiel I, Elliott. I see what you're getting at, but how much more money is Zeke going to get than what Todd Gurley got? So obviously Todd Gurley is the highest paid running back that, in the NFL right now. Is that still now. true? That is still true. I saw a graphic earlier today. Le'Veon Bell is now the second highest paid running back in the NFL. So it's still Gurley. I would imagine you know Zeke probably gets a little bit more than what Gurley got because he's younger. Um, but overall, doesn't have knee issues. Like the quarterback position, Greg. I mean, they just get so vastly overpaid too. And I think a stat that they look at, whether it's right or wrong, is a lot of the times they look at how many games have you won. If there's anything Dak Prescott has done so far, not that he is the sole reason that the Cowboys are winning games, but his record as a starter is very, very good. Sure. So I think on the open market. It's close, but I, I would I would lean with Dak, even though I don't you know, he's not like a transcendent quarterback, right? Like he's not a team that ultimately makes the Cowboys that much better. He's really been uh, a game managing quarterback. Hopefully we'll see his game progress this year, and I think if the Cowboys want to compete and if Dak wants to get paid what he wants to get paid, then he has no choice but to get better this year. But overall he he's he's mostly been a game managing quarterback his first couple of years in the league, albeit winning a lot of games of football. Todd Gurley guaranteed, total guaranteed money, uh, is $45 million. The full guarantee is about $22. Uh, currently, Ezekiel Elliott is guaranteed 20, you know, 24.9, uh, about 25, we'll just call it. That was obviously from his rookie deal. Ezekiel Elliott wants to be paid as the top, uh, top running back in football, and I think you can make the case, we did it last hour from a fantasy perspective, that he is. He wants to be guaranteed at least, I'm sure, $50 million. Would you guarantee Dak Prescott get just guarantees $50 million? Let me go to the quarterbacks right now. Yep. Okay. So top quarterbacks, guarantee-wise, um, total guarantees, Russell Wilson, $107 million. That's a lot of money to turn, turn around and hand the ball off to Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. Roethlisberger is at 50, Aaron Rodgers at 98. Uh, this is, again, just total guarantee. Carson Wentz over 100, Matt Ryan over 100. And so on and so forth. Kirk Cousins. Zach would get over 50. He would get over 50. He's probably right. Yeah. He's probably in like that 60 to 70 range. Probably right. Yeah. It's just the nature of the position, man. It's not, you know, it's not that we're sitting here saying that, you know, Dak Prescott means more to the Cowboys than Ezekiel Elliott, but you're talking about the most important position in all of sports, not just football, in all of sports. It's the quarterback position. And, you know, if the Cowboys go out this year and they win another 10 games and they make the playoffs and they go deep into the postseason, that's going to be because Dak Prescott at least played pretty well. He played well enough, you know, not to turn the right. ball over, not to lose games. So because of that, he probably would get paid a decent 
I, I would say 60 to $70 million guaranteed. Yep, 60 to $70 million. You're probably right. But Ezekiel Elliott, to this Cowboys team, is simply more valuable. Like, I think you could plug in a different quarterback and have similar success. I don't think you could plug in a, um, a mediocre running back and have that success. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like the chicken under the egg here. Like, who means more to who? Is, is it Dak Prescott means more to Zeke? Or Zeke? You know, I think Zeke means more to Dak Prescott overall. So I kind of disagree with what you're saying. I don't know sure. that you just take any quarterback and you plug him in there and he's going to perform as well as Dak. Like, Dak still runs for a lot of touchdowns. Like, yeah. he possesses that athleticism, that, that ability to make plays in the red zone with his legs. You know what I'm asking? In yeah. fantasy football, where do you have Dak Prescott? I could pull that up for you right now. What number is he? I currently have him as my QB 14. <laughs> so. You want to know the same? Oh. oh, no. What do you have him? Uh, he's quarter, currently quarterback number 21. Why? I think I like, I like a lot of other quarterbacks better. But he's finished as a top 12 quarterback every year he's been in the league. Yeah, but like, I think he's a game manager. I think the other quarterbacks are better. Yeah, but the numbers don't lie, Greg. <laughs> yeah, I'm just telling you how I feel. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm just showing you that, again, like last year he finished as a QB 10. He's had exactly six rushing touchdowns each of his first three seasons. So, I mean, maybe if those rushing touchdowns come down... I don't know. For me, I just like I like the the last year he finishes QB eleven. I just like the, like the Big Ben, Philip Rivers guys more. And as a rookie, he finishes QB six. Yeah. So six, eleven, and ten. That's and I still have him QB fourteen, which you might argue is also too low. So you think I should move Dak up? Yes, I do. I have him just ahead of Drew Brees and Russell Wilson. But like, I'm not gonna do that. I have Ben Roethlisberger ahead of him. I like Ben a lot. I have Lamar Jackson ahead of him. You know, I like Lamar Jackson a lot. I have Philip Rivers very low. I just I don't think that there's much upside there. All right, I'll move back up to 16. It doesn't really take much. So who would, he, who would he be just behind then? Phil Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I agree, with, uh, I agree with the Ben thing. For Rivers, the problem is the way that fantasy is set up right now, there's so many quarterbacks that are dual threats and, can, and make plays with their legs, and I've mentioned Dak Prescott and his rushing touchdowns. Phil Rivers gives you nothing in the rushing department. So even if he throws for 4,000-plus yards, 30-plus touchdowns, and gives you nothing rushing, that's going to be barely enough to be a top 15, 16 quarterback on a per-game basis. So Phillip Rivers usually lands as a top 12 quarterback because he plays every game. He's very durable. But on a per-game basis, he's usually a little bit lower in that you know QB 15, QB 16, 17 range because he just... Doesn't really have that much upside. What do you make of oh, the Dolphins coming out and saying Ryan Fitzpatrick far away better than Josh Rosen? It's not surprising, I guess. Like, Josh Rosen is still just a second-year player. He had a lot of pedigree coming out of college, but, you know, Fitzpatrick has been here before. He's done this before. You know, I, think, I believe he has the Jets' single-season record for most yards and passing touchdowns in a single season. Like, he's done this before. He's been through training camp. Like, we know who Ryan Fitzpatrick is. Yes, he's... He can make all the throws. He can also make all the throws to the opposite team. See, Demonte Parker is going to be such a DFS play in, in week one. Or Kenny yeah, Stills. And Kenny Stills, yeah. yeah. I mean, both of those guys see you know the arrow pointing up if Ryan Fitzpatrick is their quarterback. But from the Dolphins' long-term perspective, you have to assume that they're probably going to have a top three pick next year in a really good quarterback class. They need to figure out if they have anything in Josh Rosen. So... I mean, what, I mean, what does it matter if Ryan Fitzpatrick is better than him? That's fine. I mean, that's okay, you, whatever. Tell me the sky is blue, grass is green. That's fine. Yeah, like, he might be better than him now just because 
he has more experience, but how about you let Josh Rosen play, play with the ones, play in preseason, play in the regular season as a starter, and see what you have in this kid before you go out there and draft another quarterback. I mean, that's what I think the Dolphins should do. Dolphins aren't very smart. I did fire out this. Don't remind me, Greg. We'll take a break. Final one of the program. We come back. Best bets forever. That's next. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Final few minutes of the program here on the BFFs. And that means it's time for our best bets forever, Frank. Once again, how did we do last night? You went 1-2 and two combined. That would be 1-0 and oh for you. 0-2 oh for me. Looking for a bounce-back performance. Are you ready? I'm ready to rock, babe. You just call me babe? Yeah, babe. Babe? Yeah, like babe. Babe. B-A-B-E. It's right. babe. But we have a game that's getting ready to start right now, so we will not include that game. A slobber knocker between the Orioles and the Padres. But where we can start, Greg, is with the Arizona Diamondbacks and the New York Yankees. The Yankees are back in town after a road trip. They're minus 220, laying some juice with a total at 11.5. Jay Happ going up against Taylor Clark. Taylor Clark. Mm-hmm. I don't expect a, uh, a great pitching performance here, Greg. Uh, sure, you can take the six, over. 6.10 ERA. With uh, Taylor Clark, a 5.23 ERA with Jay Happ. In fact, the Yankees have performed very well against right-handed pitching this season, and the, Diamond, the Diamondbacks have performed really well against left-handed pitching. Greg, we're going over. You gotta go it is over. one of Whoa! my best bets of the night. Early it's call. Where we are starting, Arizona and the Yankees, total over 11.5. Happy Talkman Day, he is in the lineup. Yes, he is starting in center field tonight, or starting in left field tonight, rather. Uh, I also like the over. I'm not making one of my best bets, but I absolutely like the over here. Uh, over 11 and a half, no doubt about it. The Yankees and D-backs are terrible with pitching. The Braves and Nats are next. It's my man Eric Fetty, Julio Teron. It's a pick'em game. Ten and a half is the total, Frank. Yeah, and I can see why this game is a pick'em as well. I was looking at this before the show started. Julio Teron has been terrible on the road this season. He has a sub 2.5 ERA at home. He has an ERA over four on the road. So that's why I could see this game going either way. Like Eric Fetty has not pitched much, but he has pitched well when he's in there. But it also wouldn't surprise me if he would if he struggles in this spot. Wouldn't surprise me if Tehran struggles in this spot either. I think this one's really a coin flip. I would stay away, Greg. It is a coin flip. I do lean the Braves. I like Tehran more than I like Eric Fetty. Your guy, Eric Fetty Wap? I know. I know. How dare you? I'm not picking it for anything. I do like the Braves tonight in this one, though. The Giants are on the road in Philadelphia. Tyler Beattie against Drew Smiley getting the start for Philadelphia. The Phillies are a slight favorite. I actually like Tyler Beattie as a two-star pitcher this week. Because Me too. He's going up against the Giants and some other schlub he's on the, he's on the team. He's on the Giants, so he's not going against the Giants. Oh, no, I, was, uh, I meant Drew Smiley. I actually like Drew Smiley because he was going up against the Giants and either the... 
White Sox or Tigers or something. Well, that's like that. why you theoretically like Vinny Velasquez as well. Yeah, and then he lost his two star week, so right. that was a disaster. Disaster. So uh, Drew Smiley has not pitched well this year overall. He's made one start with the Phillies. That actually was a good start, but overall, seven point six nine ERA. Tyler Beatty, who I like, has pitched well recently. Not for the last start. Not his last start, uh, but. I was benching him in fantasy this week because two starts, one That's in good. Philly and one in Colorado. Oh, my God. So very, very tough starts this week for Tyler Beatty. In terms of this game tonight, the game is in Philly, so they're minus 136. you got to lay some juice. Ten and a half is the total. I don't really want to trust Drew Smiley. If I had to choose something, I would probably take the San Francisco Giants, but... I think this is a stay-away game. What do you think, Greg? I kind of like Tyler beating the Giants. Yeah, plus 118. You get them at slight... It's good value. Slight underdogs. Yeah, it is good value, but... Meh. Ah, you're still depending on the Giants. That's to score some runs here. In fantasy baseball, should I start Tyler beating tonight? Probably not. It's risky, man. Probably. It's just a really bad spot. The weather is very warm here in the Northeast. Could see some balls flying out there, obviously. Uh, I would stay away. Yeah, I think so, too. I think you're probably right about that. Uh, the Astros and the Indians. Good game here. This is your game of the night. By Verlander. Bieber. What a game. Are you a believer tonight, Greggy? Plus 114. You get him out if you are. Shane Bieber, 10-3, and 3.44 ERA. Justin Verlander, 13-4. and 4. Like a fine wine. Gets older. Gets older. Gets better with age. 2.86 ERA, Greg. One of my best bets tonight will be... The under in this game, you get it at eight and a half runs. This game is in Cleveland, but normally when we see pitching matchups like this, we're normally getting this at seven and a half, maybe eight. Tonight it's at eight and a half. I understand that the Astros lineup is closer to full strength. Carlos Correa is back, so it's going to be a tough task here for Shane Bieber, but I like the under eight and a half. Both of these pitchers have pitched really, really well tonight. It's my best bet. Yeah, I like the eight and a half as well. And I think there's really good value by taking the Indians uh, with Bieber plus money. I always, I mean, the Astros at minus one thirty. You have to like that too. I can't. Great touch, game tonight. It's a great game. Two tonight. really good bullpens yeah. too. I looked into this before. Both of their ERAs in their bullpens rank inside the top three in baseball. So again, that just lends itself to the under again. That you know, once once we get to the bullpens, both of these bullpens are really really good. I can't touch this. Um, unfortunately, as much as I want to, it's going to be a great game though. Yeah, really I would love game. to watch this one. Under eight and a half, it's the best bet for me. Zach Gallon, ooh, I just saw the lines change. Zach Gallons and the Marlins are at home tonight, facing off against Jake Odorizzi and the Twins. Marlins are plus one thirty. Twins are minus one fifty. Total is eight. Yeah, I want to like Zach Gallons tonight, coming off a, a career best start against the White Sox, but it's just a tougher matchup here against the Twins. Really, really good lineup. A lineup that has performed well against right-handed pitching this year. Jake Odorizzi, dating back to June fifteenth, has an ERA around seven. So, maybe some sneaky Marlins bat, bats tonight. I'm looking at the total here, Greg. I think that the total uh-huh. at eight is very sneaky. Yep. And I lean with the over, and yep. I think everyone else does because you're seeing it at minus 120 compared to the under at minus 102. It's not a best bet of mine, but if I had to choose something, it would be over the eight runs, Greg. My best bet of the night right here, Twins and Marlins over eight. That eight number is really, really low. Maybe a sucker play, but that's extremely low. Uh, Gallon and Odorizzi just aren't that good. Uh, to get that total at just eight, when last night you had, what, Corbin and Kygo at nine and a half? A little nutty to me. I'll go over eight here. Yeah, and this total last night was seven and a half, and they've soared over that. I think they 
ended up with something like 17 or 18 runs combined. So the Marlins, the Marlins bats performed well yesterday against Merrill Kelly. Let's see what they could do tonight against Odorizzi, who has not pitched well. Reds bats were also on fire yesterday. They're taking on Pittsburgh. They're minus 140. Pittsburgh uh, plus 122. Game total here is 10. It's Tanner Roark uh, and the Pirates. Uh, Tanner Roark for the Reds. Joe Musgrove for the Pirates. I do like the Reds at minus 140. Not good enough odds for me to take, uh, but I do like Tanner Roark and the Reds tonight. Joe Musgrove, a.k.a. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You never know what you're going to get with this guy pitching in the Great American Small Park tonight. I want to like the Pirates, but they have just played so poor recently. I think they're on a 10-game losing streak. This is a stay away for me. Yeah, for me, I will, like I said, stay away. I do lean the Reds, though. Chuck Morton's on the mound for the Rays in Boston to take on David Price. Charlie Morton's plus 122. David Price and the Red Sox minus 140. Game total sits at 9.5. Another really, really good game yeah, tonight. Yeah, a good one. Uh, David Price going up against Charlie Morton. Two really good pitchers. Price, 3.66 ERA. Charlie Morton at 2.60. He's 12-3 and three on the season. I want to get behind the Rays here, but the Red Sox in the second half so far since the All-Star break, they have the highest team OPS in baseball. I just don't really want to get in front of that buzzsaw, so I'm going to stay away here. If I had to choose something, it probably would be the Rays money line. You're getting them at plus money, yeah, plus 120. Divisional game, it's going to be a close one. The total is 9.5. You might be able to talk me into the under here as well uh, with, with that total at 9.5. I don't have a best bet in this game, though. Yeah. Probably staying away. I stay away also. I actually like the Red Sox in this game. I actually like the over of nine and a half. So we're totally on separate sides of this. Um, so I would lean Boston in the over. But yeah, that's me. Mike Leake and the Mariners are in Texas. Take on Ariel Girado uh, and the Rangers. You get the Mariners at plus 112. Rangers at minus 128. Over for, or total for this game since it's 11 and a half. I actually like the Mariners in this game, Frankie, uh, at plus 112. I think Leake's been, uh, you've heard his name in trade rumors. Some of these guys pitch very well around this time. I, 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 like that you're getting plus odds on them. One of my best bets tonight, the Mariners are plus 112 tonight. Yeah, if I had to choose something, it would be the Mariners' money line here as well at plus 112. But pay attention because there was a report earlier that there's like a 50-50 chance Mike Leake is actually traded before tonight's start. So pay attention to that. But uh, yes, Ariel Urado has not pitched very well recently. He has an ERA near 5. The total is very high. I understand that this game is in Texas. It is a hitter's ballpark, but... Still too high for me. If I had to do something, it would be the Mariners' money line. Not a best bet. Fair enough. The New York Mets are in Chicago to take on the White Sox. It's the uh, Rodrigo Lopez going for Chicago. <laughs> Noah- Rodrigo Lopez. Sorry. Love that guy. Reynaldo Lopez. <laughs> I got it. Rodrigo Lopez is a former MLB pitcher. I always want to say Rodrigo Lopez, too. He used to pitch for the Orioles, I believe. Is that true? Yes. The name sounds familiar. He used to pitch for the Orioles. Rodrigo Lopez. And the, and the Blue Jays, maybe? Uh, Syndergaard on the mound for the Mets. Total in this game is nine. All right, pulling up Rodrigo Lopez right now. I'll tell you right now. Uh, his uh, his baseball <laughs> reference page. He pitched for the Orioles. Told you. Pitched for the Rockies, yep. Phillies, Diamondbacks, and Cubs. Never for the Blue Jays. All right, the Orioles will not remember though. Twice in his career, he led the league in losses. That's so, Rodrigo Lopez. Seems like a highlight. <laughs> Ronaldo Lopez uh, going down a similar path right now, as he is five and nine. But has pitched much better recently. His past three starts, I looked into this earlier today as well. His velocity, always very good. He pitches like 95, 96 miles per hour. Recently, his average fastball velocity is up around 97. So he's seen an uptick and has pitched well in his past three starts. Kind of like the under in this game tonight at yeah, 9. Yeah, I like that too. Noah Syndergaard, uh, you know, going up against his White Sox lineup, who we don't have a lot of faith in overall. I wouldn't take a side because it wouldn't surprise me if the White Sox managed to pull this game off, but 
I don't like the under at nine. I wish it was at nine and a half. I so. also wish it was a nine and a half. I really like the under in this one. Not one of the best bats, but if you're going in one direction, it's definitely the under for me. I don't hate the White Sox plus 132. We don't know how Syndergaard's going to react to these trade uh, rumors, but... I also really, really like the under nine, not one of my best bets. However, in St. Louis, it's the Cubs facing off against the Cardinals. Adam Wainwright going for St. Louis. You Darvish for the Cubs. Eight and a half the game total. Eight and a half is the total with both ERAs of the starting pitchers north of 4.5. If I had to choose somebody, I'm just going to keep riding out with my man, you Darvish. I feel like he has pitched well you know, over his past handful of starts. Uh, his last time out was not great against the Giants. I was expecting a better performance overall, but the Cardinals have not performed very well against right-handed pitching so far this year, coupled with the fact that Darvis has pitched well. If I had to lean one way, you, I would take the Cubs at minus 122. You lay some juice here. I agree with that. If you go in either direction, don't love the game total at 8.5. Sean Reed Foley's going for Toronto, while Mike Montgomery for Kansas City. Uh, total is 10. I really like Kansas City in this game, uh, minus 104. Greg, why on God's... Green Earth, would you watch this game outside of the fact that bet on it. either you bet on it or if you just really like prospects, right? You get to watch Bo Bichette. You get to watch Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Gosh, man, Sean Reed Foley, also a prospect for the Blue Jays, uh, was not performing very well in AAA this year. I, I don't know. That's why. I, I'm not touching this game. That's why. I, I nothing to do with it. That's why I like, um, like I said, that's why I am in here on Kansas City. Like Kansas City. Mike that. Montgomery. Yeah, I said that. Uh, all right. Uh, Julio Rios Staying is away. opening for the Dodgers against Kyle Freeland and the Rockies. The total is 14. Can I interest you in no. the over, Greg? Yeah, no, Can I interest that. you in the under, Greg? Nothing. <laughs> you just don't mess with Colorado Rocky unders. I've learned. The Angels, totals, rather. The Angels and Griffin Canning are taking on the Tigers. Angels are an extremely heavy favorite game total since the 9.5. They were last night, and they lost that game as well. Yes, they did. Jordan Zimmerman's first win of the year. Is that true? Oh, my yeah, God. man. You, you liked him in fantasy Yeah, baseball. my guy. Well, you know. Jordan Zimmerman. Uh-huh. Started at Jaime Berea in a few locations last night, too. He didn't pitch bad, but it just didn't work out. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not really anything to do in I this, was actually in fantasy in baseball. Tonight. I was choosing Jaime Berea or Denelson Lamette. I went with Lamette. Let's see how that goes tonight. Today. It's about, they're about to play oh, sorry, at 4 right. p.m. against the Supposed to happen. Oh, man. Yeah. I gotta, I'm going to have to tune, that t- tune yeah, in to that one. So, uh, Griffin Canning has not pitched well recently, but it is the Tigers. But, I mean, they're just such huge favorites. Minus 270. I'm not touching this. He's, uh, he pitched one inning. Two strikeouts. Let's go. And Nelson Lamette. How about that? Let's go. One last game to get to. It's the Brew Crew and the Athletics. Chris Bassett, Adrian Hauser. Doobie Hauser. Bassett has pitched well recently. If I had to choose something, it would be A's Moneyline. Don't love it. No, thank you. He's Frank Snaffle. I'm Greg Sausman. Packed show tomorrow. You're not going to want to miss this, I promise you. Have a great night. Thanks to everybody downstairs. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We hope. We hope. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. So why did what did I miss? What did I miss? Here's what you missed on the BFFs. First round, man. Yeah, first overall pick. We, what do you got, Greg? 
I'm not going to take time on things that we know, like we agree on, like without, there's no question. And yeah. I think that's how I feel at the first pick. The first pick overall uh, in fantasy football this year should be Saquon Barkley. I don't think there's an argument against it. I think people have made arguments, but like pretty consensus for other players, other these other running backs in this range going ahead of Saquon. Well, Barkley. pretty consensus thought that Saquon Barkley is the guy, yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I agree with you. I have him as my number one player, number one running back. I did the whiteboard series for the number one overall pick already, and I also had Saquon Barkley as the number one pick. Yeah, I mean, even if Daniel Jones gets in there at some point, which I guess is the downside, can, can think, he really be that much worse than Eli I Manning? Think, I don't think it's a downside. I think it's a good side. From everything I've read about Giants training camp, Daniel Jones is actually better throwing the screen, which could result in even more yards and more points. Especially for a rookie, right? So if he goes through his progressions and... You know, he's crumbling just to throw the ball up to uh, Saquon Barkley. So, yeah, I mean, I understand a lot of people are going to say, like, you obviously want a running back in a better offense as your uh, as your number one overall pick, as your first-round pick. But Saquon Barkley was in a subpar offense last year as well and still finished as the number two running back behind Todd Gurley. I will say this. A lot of Barkley's uh, yards didn't come in chunks. There were times where his yards per carry, not yards per carry, but it was a lot of nothing that was there because the box was stacked because the Giants do stink. Uh, But Barkley always... Their offensive line should be better this year as well. Absolutely. That right side totally redone uh, with Kevin Zeitler and uh, Mike Remmers. So it should be better. We'll see. Yeah, so look, you won't get an argument from me here. Obviously, his usage in the past game, 120 targets last year from Saquon Barkley, 88% of the snaps, so it was fourth most amongst running backs. His usage in the red zone, I mean, he is a legitimate, legitimate workhorse. You don't really have to worry about anyone stealing carries away from him either. This is a no-brainer for me, Greg. Absolutely. Okay, then you get to number two, where it is a little bit more exciting, I, I think. Because if Saquon's the no-brainer, at number two, I told you I was in the cab uh, with Bar Bacon's John. And John... When are we going to Bar Bacon, by the way? We can go to Bar Bacon whenever you want. All right. John has a, the number two pick in his draft, he was telling me. And he goes, he knows Saquon's going to go one. He wants to take Alvin Kamara at two. And I go, well, I mean, it's really hard between Kamara, McCaffrey, uh, and Ezekiel Elliott. I know previously, Frank, you and I had talked, and Ezekiel Elliott was your number two pick uh, a couple of weeks back when we originally had this discussion. But I was looking at it when I was making my rankings, and I decided you always want to minimize risk at two. And I thought the person that minimized the risk the most for me was Christian McCaffrey at number two. And I'll just tell you why very briefly, and you can give me your number two. Obviously, the Ezekiel Elliott holdout is, for now, still a thing. He's in Cabo chilling, and Jerry Jones saying things, oh, you don't need to pay a running back to make to win a Super Bowl. It's all posturing, right? Him in Cabo, him doing his thing, it's all posturing. I think Ezekiel Elliott does show up. I think he gets a raise uh, for this year, for next year, whatever. I'm not worried about Ezekiel Elliott like I am about Melvin Gordon. He's got that extra year on him, so I'm not worried about that 